Thanks so much for joining us on Zoe TV. You're about to hear an encouraging message from Pastor Chad Veach. If you'd like to be a part of what God is doing right here in Los Angeles through Zoe Church, you can give through our Zoe app or at our website, zoechurch.org. Thanks so much for being here. We love you. If you're new to our church or just new to church in general, we have been in a series called Crushed. Everybody say Crushed. We, um, we have been talking about the, the theme verse for this series is Psalm 3418. I love this psalm. Psalm 3418. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Croatia. The Lord... Shots fired. They made it to the final. Um, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Just been saying this every week in this series, that when you're in your worst place, God does His best work. Just love this about God. In fact, I believe that when everybody else is walking out of your life, God is walking into your life. I was talking to a friend recently, and he was telling me about this, this friend that he has that's going through a hard time, a very difficult uh, season of his life. And he's saying, you know, for us, we feel like we really need to distance ourselves from this guy. And I said, you know, can I just give you another perspective? Maybe in this season, the last thing this guy needs is for you to distance yourself. Maybe what he really needs right now is love and kindness and grace and faithfulness. And I just find that about God. God, when you're in a bad place, when you're not doing good, God does not go like, okay, bucko, we're just going to give you some space so you can get your things together. No, God comes close to us when we're not doing good, when, we're, when we don't have our stuff together. Come on, anybody thankful today that God loves you when you are not doing good? The Lord draws near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. We've been going through Old Testament stories. If, if you're new to Christianity, the Bible's broken into two halves. Uh, uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament. The New Testament really is just the Jesus era. You and I live in the New Testament era. Jesus has come. He has died on the cross. He did rise again. So you and I have salvation. We have grace. We have forgiveness. Anybody in the 11 a.m. excited that Jesus loves you, died for you, and you are now in this side of the era. So the Old Testament is before Jesus comes, and the Bible says we can use these stories. You know, we've been going through stories like Jonah and the whale, Daniel in the lion's den, David and Bathsheba. Last week we did Moses and Exodus, and I want to conclude the Crush series with one of the hallmark figures of our faith in the Bible. I want to talk together around a person named Abraham. Now Abraham God is so into him, God will often refer to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is in his lineage. God is going to show up in Abraham's life when he's 75 years old. He's 75 years old. Now, I know that life expectancy in this era was, was much longer, but nevertheless, 75 is 75. He's older. God shows up and says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great from you all the descendants of the earth will be blessed. From your seed, from your life, from who you are, I'm going to touch the earth. Now, we know that this, this word wouldn't be fulfilled until 42 generations later when a boy named Jesus was born. He can be traced back to Abraham. The blessing that touched the earth, the earth was a man named Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody give him some praise today. So it's not going to be fulfilled for generations, but nevertheless, God speaks to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to be just, I know that for a lot of people, if you didn't grow up in church uh, today, you are blessed. You are saved from a lot of goldfish and a lot of scars. 
But if you grew up in church and I say Father Abraham, one of the first things that comes to mind is a church song. How many of y'all know the song I'm talking about? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right hand, left hand, right foot. Let, these are all brainwashed people. Everyone singing proved that they were part of a cult. Extremely sad. It was a trick. We've been talking about Father Abraham, if you grew up in church, since we were kids. He's such a huge part of our faith. God shows up to a 75-year-old, I'm going to bless you. Your wife Sarah's going to have a baby. The nations are going to be blessed. Abraham, this is unbelievable. In fact, let's read together our, our reading for today. This is the second time God has showed up, and he's reaffirming the call that's on Abraham's life. Watch here in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abraham said, oh, Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is, it's Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside, outside his tent. Now let me just pause there. The reason why you need to be at Zoe Conference, the reason why you need to register today is because Zoe Conference is getting out of our tent. When God wants to speak to you, when God wants to give you a word, he always calls you out of convenience, out of what's familiar, out of what's comfortable. God says to Abraham, Abraham, I can't give you this word in your tent. When you got your Wi-Fi and your Netflix, I need you to get outside your tent. He calls him outside of the tent, and he basically says, he says, look at the stars. Abram, look, look, look up at the stars. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and it, he was counted to him as righteousness. God says, "Come, son, I can't give you this word in the tent. You need to get to an unfamiliar place. He gets outside the tent and God says, look up at the stars. Count them if you can. Abram's like, one, two, three. Yeah, you're right. I can't, I can't count them. God says, so shall your descendants be. And the Bible says, Abraham said, well, if God said it, God will do it. He believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now, you have to understand how powerful this is, because you and I do not have a righteousness that's accredited to us. Our righteousness is accredited to us through Jesus Christ. This is the only man in history that had a righteousness based upon his faith and his belief in God. God said, wow, Abraham, you have some sort of faith. You're a father in the faith, and I am accounting, accounting, I'm accrediting this to you as righteousness. I want to preach a message today. You can write down the title. I love this thought. I think it's for so many people today. Write down this title. I keep waiting, and nothing keeps happening. Keep on waiting, keep on waiting, and nothing keeps happening. I want to pray and believe that God, in your waiting season today, God will come and encourage you, give you fresh faith for whatever you're facing, because I believe God has a promise for your life. Amen? Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you today that you're so wonderful. 
you are so loving, you are so kind, you are so good. Today we're asking, open up our eyes so we can see you and open up our ears so we can hear you. Do something unique and profound. God, we are thanking you in advance for the plans and the promises and the purposes you have for our lives. We love you more than anything else. And God, we're thanking you that next World Cup, America will just get in. And Lord, we thank you that this year the Lakers will win the NBA championship. In el nombre de Jesus, and everybody said together, come on, Zoe, let's clap our hands and thank God. Anybody have faith? Come on, anybody have faith for the Lakers? America, come on, we're not even asking to win a game. We just want to get in, huh? Maybe that's for the second round. Just, I just want to get in, okay? Okay, amen. Um, anybody, by show of hands, if you hate to wait, let me just see your hand. If you just can't, I don't like waiting on, I don't like waiting on a text back. I don't like waiting on an email back. I don't like waiting for my food. I don't like waiting for just, just anything. The, the other day, we were down in Orange County, and the guy that we were with, we are hanging out, he was like, oh my gosh, down here, I had to wait 20 minutes for my Uber. And I was like, yeah, because in L.A., they're like hawks. They circle us. They're ready for us. That's why none of us live in Orange County. you got to wait on an Uber. I think Amazon is destroying my faith. I think Amazon's messing with my faith because the other day, you know, I, I, I watched my wife order from Amazon. It'll be 8 o'clock at night. She can order bananas and milk, and the next morning, boom, it's at our doorstep. I'm like, Amazon's incredible. Amazon, Amazon like Jesus. I need that that fast. So the other day, we ran out of Quest Bars at our house, like a crisis mode. No Quest Bars. I live on Quest Bars. So I was like, I, I, I've ordered from Amazon once. I could do it again. So I went to my wife's laptop. I got on. and said, hello, Julia. I selected some, some Quest Bars I like. And I thought that, you know, just like, you know, it comes the next morning that these Quest Bars would be there. So I went the next morning, no Quest Bars. I was like, all right, God, that's fine. I'll wait, I'll wait another day. I'll let Elon. I'll like, all right, that's fine. So, so the next day goes by and, and still no Quest Bars. By the third day, no Quest Bars. I thought I ordered them wrong. I'm like, what's going on? Everything in our life is immediate. I need these Quest Bars now. I want to talk together around the idea that you and I are going to have to learn on this faith journey how to wait on God. That there's a difference between your timing and God's timing. And a lot of times when we think, think things are going to show up in X amount of time, a lot of times God might have a longer wait period, a longer wait time. There's always a difference between the time the promise is given and the promise is fulfilled. Abraham, 75, minding his own business. He's not asking for it. He's not seeking it. He's not begging God. God just shows up. Abraham, you're blessed. Abraham, you're favored. Abraham, I'm going to touch the whole earth through you. In fact, he says to him, you're chosen, Abraham. You're favored, Abraham. You're a friend of God. I want to tell you the same way that God said this to Abraham today, God says this to you. In fact, write down number one today. You are chosen, you are favored, and you're a friend of God. But you didn't realize this walking in, like, am I chosen? Yeah, God chose you. How do you know that? The Bible says, yet while we were still sinners, Christ chose you. Christ died for you. You have favor. Why? Because you have grace. You have Jesus. What is the definition of grace? It's undeserved blessing and it's unmerited what? Favor. So you've chosen, you've got favor, and you're a friend of God. The Bible says Abraham was called a friend of God. Through Jesus, you and I, we are called friends of God. Oh, I just love Genesis 12. The first time God appears to Abraham, watch what he says as it comes on the screen. He shows up in Abraham's life. Genesis chapter 12, he's minding his own business. And listen to what God says. Verse 1, now the Lord said to Abraham, 
go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God shows up and says, Abraham, I am going to bless you. I want to encourage somebody today. God wants to bless you. God doesn't want to bless you small. God wants to bless you big. Come on, that's not your idea. That's God's idea. You don't have to beg. God, bless me. God wants to bless you. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich and he addeth no sorrow to it. In other words, God doesn't want you to be blessed and have to limp and suffer. God wants you just to be blessed so you can be a blessing. He said, you better buckle up, baby. I'm going to bless your life. Abraham, you're not blessed right now, but I'm going to bless you. Anybody thankful today that our God who is in heaven, who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Come on, somebody praise God today. If you want blessing on your business, blessing on your home, blessing on your future, just praise him and thank God today. He says, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to take your name, and I'm going to make it great. You know, God has the power to make your name a great name. That when somebody says your name, the connotation of your name is strength and dignity and wisdom and discernment and integrity and character and, and favored. The Bible says in Proverbs that a good name is better to be chosen than great riches. Rather, I'd rather have a, great, a great name than a whole bunch of money. You can have a whole bunch of no money and have a terrible name. God says, I'm going to make your name great. When, when people grow up in church in the future, they're going to eat goldfish and sing your name, Father Abraham. What a great name. He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your socks off. I want to encourage somebody. Some of you feel like you're cursed. You're blessed today. You're blessed because God has reversed every curse that Satan tried to throw at your life. He reversed it in Jesus. Come on, is there anybody confident today that you can look in the mirror and say, I'm blessed? Come on, you ought to just, you don't have to go get a blessing. You have a blessing. He says, I'm going to bless your socks off. I'm going to make your name great. And from you, all the descendants of the earth will be blessed. I'm going to bless every nation from Africa to India, all over Asia, from Latin America. Even Canada will be blessed. That's a lot of blessing. Now God shows up. Again, Abraham's not seeking. He's not knocking. God bless me. Make my name great. God, I just, I want to be chosen. I want to be you. God shows up in him. God will show up in your life when you don't feel like you deserve it. God will show up and give you a word. I'm going to grace you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to take care of you. I don't, I don't deserve it. Yeah, it's not about you. It's all about me. He comes in his life and he says, you're chosen. You're favored. You're my friend. God doesn't offer you a religion. He offers you life transformation. He says, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. So now Abraham receives the promise for him and his wife, Sarah, and he goes from promise received, and he starts playing a game called the waiting game. You and I, you can get a vision today. You can get a word today. You can get a dream today. Just because God said it today, it doesn't mean it's going to come delivered tomorrow. So now he enters into what I call, the write down number two, the waiting game. Have you ever had to wait on God for something? Now watch this. Abraham is going to receive this word at 75. It won't be until he's 100 years old until the promise is fulfilled. What are you going to do when God waits 25 years to fulfill his word in your life? 
What are you going to do when you have to wait two decades for God to show up in the way he painted that picture? He's having to wait. He's playing the waiting game. All kinds of games you can play in today's era. You can play games on your phone. You can play games on Xbox. You can play games like World Cup. I'm, I'm at the point of a parent right now. We're in our car. We play the, the color game. Like, do you spot something blue? Do you spot something red? Do you spot something yellow? That's where I'm at as a parent with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. You can play all kinds of games, but I'll tell you, as a faith person, you're going to have to learn how to conquer the waiting game. When there's the gap that's given, given between promise given and promise fulfilled, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. Watch here in Genesis 17. Moses is waiting on God. And watch what it says here. It says, I will bless her. Talking about Sarah. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of people will come from Sarah. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to him, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? Write down this in your notes somewhere. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't. You're playing the waiting game. Just because it's Abraham's like, he's laughing at God. Are you for real? Did you not see us on the Today Show yesterday? On the Today Show yesterday, it was celebrating for Pennsylvania. Abraham, who turned 100, and his wife turned 90. They went bowling to celebrate. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm 100, she's 90. God's like, no, it's fine. You're in the waiting game. You're in the waiting game. Wait for me to show up. Well, I promise you, I'm not a man that I should lie. I'm not a man that I should change my mind. I don't give, I don't give broken dreams. I don't give unfulfilled promises. I'm a promise giver, and I'm a promise keeper. Somebody praise God today. Like, he is in control, has the power, and always comes through on his word. Just because it hasn't happened yet, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Doesn't matter how long you've waited. Doesn't matter how, how much you've prayed, how much you've fasted, how much you've cried. You're just playing the waiting game. And while you're playing the waiting game, let me give you a trick. Do not make an Ishmael when God promised an Isaac. Wow. Write that down, number three today. Do not create an Ishmael when God has promised you an Isaac. In other words, they're playing the waiting game, and they've been playing this game for a while, and they get frustrated, and they can't, come on, this is a story about a couple that can't get pregnant. How many people do you and I know in our world, in our culture, that's been go trying to get pregnant? They're trying to get pregnant. They're frustrated. They're, there's no adoption in this era. They're, there's no uh, in vitro in this era. They don't know how to do all this. They're, they're waiting. Finally, Sarah has an idea. Sarah's like, babe, I want you to take my mistress and, 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 and sleep with my maidservant, Hagar, and I'm good with it, babe. I'm good with it. You go, you go sleep with her, and we'll have the baby. The promise will be fulfilled through Hagar. And Abraham's like, you sure? And she's like, no, no, for real. I'm good with it. I'm totally fine. And he, and he you're good with this. This is code for, no, I'm not. Read the signals. But yeah, go sleep with her. As soon as he sleeps with her and she has the baby, contempt comes in their world. You will always live in a world of contempt when you try and shortcut the promise of God in your life. You live in a world of regret, a world of disdain, a world of anger. In fact, in fact, Sarah wasn't good with this. 
Sarah, she said the idea, but she wished Abraham would have just said, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm sticking with you. But Abraham gives in and watch what it creates in their world. Watch here as it comes on the screen in Genesis 17. Uh, sorry, 16. It says, and he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarah said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be on you. It's your fault, Abraham. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. She is angry. Write this down. Trust in God's timing. It's better to wait a while and have things fall into place than to rush and have things fall apart. I would rather wait and let things fall into place than rush and have everything fall apart. I want to preach to somebody that's forcing issues. I want to tell somebody today that doesn't have the patience to wait on God. You might force that issue, but you're going to live in a world of contempt, a world of regret, a world of fear, a world of hatred. No, you wait on God. God will let things fall into place. If you don't, it'll, everything will fall apart. Come on, somebody just promise God, I'm not letting my world fall apart. I'm waiting on God. And so now there's an Ishmael when God didn't promise an Ishmael. He promised an Isaac. Wait on your Isaac. Wait on God's promise. You force issues, your world is going to crumble so quick, you won't know what hits you. But when you wait on God, the timing of the Lord, he is never too early. He is never too late. He knows when to show up. He knows when to show off. Am I preaching to anybody who has found God to be on time in your life? Don't make me get on my tippy toes. That's how you know I get excited. I'm on my tippy toes. Okay. And so they create this Ishmael. Hey, a lot of times, you and I, we force issues because you're so talented and you're so, you're so good. You can force those things, but you're living in a world of Ishmaels, of things you regret. Why did I create this scenario? God promised me something better. I want to encourage somebody, write down number four. Just because you're delayed does not mean you are denied. This package might be delayed, but it's on the way. This promise might not have been delivered yet, but it's in route, coming your way. And God knows. God, God is... A, his ways are above your ways. His thoughts are above your thoughts. God has a vantage point of view that you, you see with such finite vision, with such, such limited perspective. You can't even see the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He has, he has all time in the palm of his hands. He Listen, God knows what he's doing with your life. And he knows when to speak to you when you're 75 and when to fulfill the promise. That he's bigger and better than you think he is. So just because you are delayed, it do, just because it's delayed doesn't mean God's saying no. God's just saying not right now. He's just saying I got a better plan. I got a better time. Trust in my, this is why we love Abraham. Because Abraham's playing the waiting game and he's waiting on God. And the whole time he didn't weaken in his faith. He didn't get down in his faith. He didn't get down to the dumps. Woe is me. Woe is my wife. Woe is her womb. Woe is my body. No, he just kept believing, kept having faith, kept having confidence. In fact, watch here in Romans chapter 4. I love this about, uh, about Abraham. I want this in my life. Romans chapter 4, watch what it says. It says, in hope, he, Abraham, in hope, Abraham believed against hope. 
Come on, church, sometimes you have to have hope in a hopeless situation. Everything in the circumstance looks broken, it looks done, it looks dead, it looks over. But you have hope against hope. I have a daughter, she's six, she has no brain. I've never had more hope than I do today. It's a hopeless situation that everybody else has written off. I'm filled with faith today. I'm filled with hope. you got to understand Hope is the architect and faith builds the structure. You ought to have hope today. Get a dream today. Get a picture today. Even when you have no hope, you ought to rise in hope. Am I preaching to anybody today that needs some heart to be filled with hope? Against hope, he had hope. My favorite kind of people. I love Barack Obama. Before he became the president of the United States, he wrote a book called The Audacity of Hope. Because hope is audacious. Hope is unreasonable. Everything is against the situation. Abraham said, no, God said it. God promised. I remember he brought me out the tent. He showed me the stars. I couldn't count them. And God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't lie. I know my body's dead. I know that womb is barren. But God is good. God is bigger. God is better. God will show me through. Against hope, he had hope. What are you facing today that you need to speak to that city? You know what we love about Abraham? He used to speak things into existence that didn't exist at all. God's going to make us pregnant. God's going to come through. God's going to show up and show off. God's going to make us pregnant. We're going to have a baby. I might have made a mistake with Ishmael. I'm not doing it again. I'm waiting on God. Against hope, he had hope. Watch here as it continues on, Romans chapter 4, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring. He did not weaken in faith. Some of us, our problem is the longer you wait, the weaker your faith gets. I've been waiting two years, been waiting four years, been waiting five years. Abraham waited 25. I'm not getting weaker. I'm getting stronger in my faith. Every year that goes by, every Christmas that goes by, every birthday party I got to go to with no kids, I'm getting stronger. I'm believing more. Come on, I, I feel faith rising. I feel like somebody today is receiving the gift of faith. You're going to walk by, not by what you see, not by what you hear, not by what you feel. You're going to live by faith in Jesus' name. He didn't weaken in his faith. He got stronger. When he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Saren's womb, he said, he said, no, I'm delayed, but I'm not denied. I'm not denied until God shows up and looks me in my eye and says, you're denied. And if he didn't say that, I'm holding on to the truth. I'm holding on to his word. I'm holding on to his promise. Worship team, you can come join me today. In the very end, I'm concluding, and I'm, I'm probably going to yell more just a heads up, and my veins will pop again. Is it hot in here? Okay. Um. So he's 100, and his wife Sarah's 90, and the Bible says she gets pregnant. And when she's pregnant at 90 years old, the promise comes to pass. By the way, the reason why we love Abraham so much is Abraham, I love him because he was, he lived a semi-nomadic life. He, he traveled all over. He didn't really ever go back to his homeland. He was traveling around. He was wealthy. In fact, the Bible says Abraham had eight streams of income in his life. Eight streams of income, and he was a tither. In fact, the Bible says one time he gets all this spoil, gets all this money, and he tithes to a priest named Melchizedek. We love Abraham not just because he had faith. We love Abraham because he had wealth, he had power, he was willing to trust God, he was willing to travel, he gave to God, he was a tither. He was a man of character. And 100 years of age, 
he gives birth to a brand new baby named Isaac. And when the baby's born, Sarah, 25 years being laughed at. 25 years at Christmas, all the other kids around. 25 years looking at Instagram and all the other kids, no baby. And watch what she says when the promise is fulfilled and the waiting is over. Listen here and watch as it comes on the screen in Genesis 21. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. Watch it in the message translation. God has blessed me with laughter and all who get the news will laugh with me. Come on, Zoe. Like God is so good. You ever have God do something in your life that's so good and so awesome? All you can do is laugh? Like this check, this breakthrough, this thing. This is, you ever see somebody and they're like, that's hilarious. You're like, wait, wait, wait. If it's hilarious, why aren't you laughing? That is so funny. Okay, hold on, but your face doesn't really. God is cooking something up for you in the background today. And I'll tell you what he's cooking in the kitchen. He's not cooking death. He's not cooking curse. He's not trying to make for you hardship. No, God's in the kitchen, and he's actually making a batch of laughter. And when he serves laughter to you, you know they named their son Isaac. You want to know what Isaac means? It means laughter. In other words, this kid when he was born brought so much joy, so much fulfillment, so much completion. They had to name their son Laughter because all they did in their house was laugh at how good God is. I want to preach to somebody today. Come on, anybody thankful today that he takes our mourning and he turns it into dancing. He takes our, our tears and he turns them into songs of joy. Come on, give him some praise today. If you're thankful to Jesus, come on, he's making some laughter and it's coming your way.